be in you. I want a new hope to resurrect in you. As we begin this four-week series on resurrecting hope, I pray over the next four weeks that God is going to speak something uh, new and exciting that just stirs your heart, and uh, what a blessing it is. We are so honored to have you in the Lord's house. Any first-time guests, we're, we're so pleased, so honored you're here. Be sure to stop and uh, get a little welcome gift. Uh, many we haven't seen in a while. We, we're so glad that you're here. And uh, we're just so honored to have our family here, Amy's family, uh, which is my family, my mother-in-law. If y'all didn't know, my mother-in-law moved in with me last week. I don't know which one needs more prayer, me or her. <laughs> but my mother-in-law and father-in-law moved in, and we're just uh, believing the Lord. Just uh, that's, that's number one on our resurrection envelope is uh, for Jimmy. And uh, we know the Lord is going to have His will. His will is going to be done. And He is reaching out and touching our family, and we're so honored. But my sister-in-law, Leah, and Avery, and Abby, and Austin, and Oakley, we're so honored to have you guys today. And uh, what a blessing. Good to see Cheyenne. And uh, I just went blank. Dylan, thank you very much. See, that's why I don't start naming names, because I'm not good like that. But it's just wonderful to see you in the house. What a beautiful crowd. And uh, we're, we're just so good. Well, you know what? God's gonna, about to stir up a new hope in you. I know what it feels like to be hopeless. I know what it feels like to stand in a place where you have no idea what to do. I know what it feels like to feel lost, to feel sad, depressed, lonely, hopeless, and you don't know. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and a new hope stirs in you. Nobody has to say anything or do anything. Nobody gave you a pep talk. Nobody patted you on the back. Just the eternal hope of Jesus Christ stirred up on the inside. Side and brought you back to life again. That's what I'm praying happens for you. Because Jesus is, as Pastor Leah said, I, I love those impromptu, non-practice, just, let's just sing this. And we start it too high and we're all singing opera. And... But listen, it's because He lives that we can face tomorrow. But we have a world where everything, if you... All you need to do is turn on the news for a moment and you will hear hopelessness and sadness and trouble. But we're here today to bring a new message. It's time that we go out into our world and go out into our families, to our cities, to our jobs, to our school. And we begin to bring a message of hope and that message is Jesus Christ is Alive and well today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What He did back then, He'll do today. He'll save, heal, and deliver. Whatever you have need of. Have you ever thought about the fact that before Easter was a celebration, it was a time of mourning. It was a death. When Jesus died, they didn't know about a resurrection. They didn't know about three days later, even though Jesus told them. Isn't it amazing how when Jesus tells us things through His Word and through His prophets and through people, uh, we're very slow to believe. We don't get it until after the fact. 
the disciples, Jesus tried to tell them, but they didn't get it. And so now then, what we know is Eastern celebration well, was a time of mourning. The, 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 their friend, their redeemer, their Messiah, the one that they thought was going to come over and save them from Roman oppression, the one that was going to deliver them, bring victory, set up a new kingdom, had just been brutally killed, murdered. He had no fault. He had done nothing wrong, but because Sadducees and Pharisees and the church of the day were, it didn't fit in with their pattern. It didn't go along with what they thought things should be. And they they had all the prophets and they had all the word and they had all the signs, yet they missed it. And many times, all the things are there for us and we miss it. But here... They had placed their hopes and their dreams in this coming kingdom. They had put all, they had left their jobs, they had left their families. They came to follow Jesus with expectation of Him doing something miraculous. Him setting up a new kingdom, bringing deliverance. But when He died, their hopes were gone. They were sad, they were discouraged, they were depressed, they didn't know what to do. And on that Friday, they were crushed as Jesus was brought down from the cross and laid in a tomb. And the stone was rolled in front of it and they began to go their way, hopeless. Asking the question that so many of you and I ask today, what now? What am I going to do now? Where am I going to go now? How am I going to make it now? It was the finality of Jesus' death that, that, that was that knockout blow of any hope the whole time. Through His trial, through His beating, through all of that, they kept thinking, it's going to turn around. It's going to turn around. But now Jesus is laid in a tomb and sealed The finality hits them, the reality, and their hopes are dashed. And everything that they had believed and hoped and dreamed and prayed for hadn't happened. (laughs) You know, isn't it amazing? The things that can steal our joy and take our hope. How quickly we can go from happy to sad. You know, it's unrealized hope. it's it's some of the most painful things. And sometimes disappointment can come into the smallest little things. I mean, think about it. I don't know about you. This has happened to me. You're you're hungry. You go to the kitchen. You you, you look through everything. You decide on a bowl of cereal. Okay, For me, it's Raisin Bran Crunch. Uh, I was sitting up in bed eating some about 11.30 the other night. And my wife said, you're being too loud. I said, you can't eat Raisin Bran Crutch quietly. But listen, have you ever experienced the disappointment of getting the bowl, pouring the cereal, getting your spoon, opening the refrigerator, and this happens? Show me, Talita. It's coming, I promise. No, the milk jug. Hold on. 
That's a whole nother disappointment. Look at that. I don't know if y'all can see that or not, but I opened my fridge and there was that much milk. Your hopes are dashed. Your heart was set on cereal. And that's all you got. Thank God. I looked in the refrigerator again. And there was a brand new jug. My hope was restored. My joy came back. But I set that on the counter and took a picture of it. I said, that's hopelessness right there. Now, all of us have felt this and experienced it. But none greater than Brother John Adair has experienced the hopelessness of this next picture. Let's go back to it. It's coming. I threw all this on Toledo this morning. Oh, yet another loss. Another dashed hopes and dreams. Another dropped ball. And the fans in the stand are just like this. Have you been there? Y'all have seen that look, haven't you? You've had that look many times. He caught it. (laughs) Let's go to that next picture. We all remember this day. For me, it was a Tuesday. We were living in Lindale. We were getting ready to come to prayer meeting. My phone rang. And someone asked me, do you have the news on? I said, no. They said, turn your TV on. I turned my TV on. And this is what I saw. What followed was those towers falling. And we saw the, remember, the pictures of the ash and the people. And that day, America felt hopeless. We were shattered. We were sad. We cried. The, the, the American flag was raised all over. And unity was brought. But there's nothing that... When tragedy strikes, and it can happen in a moment. We can be so happy and smiling and everything's going good and it's a normal day. And all of a sudden, everything in our life changes. And all hope seems gone. We go to that next picture. We've all knelt and stood and been in this situation to where we've had to say goodbye to a loved one. We've all suffered loss and felt the pain. But can I tell you this morning, these are things in life that we experience and some are so frivolous and silly, but we allow them to disappoint us. Some things are so drastic and life-changing and if we're not careful, it'll take our hope away and we live in despondency and depression from then on. But can I tell you this morning, Jesus is our hope and He wants to restore your hope. Amen. Each one of these pictures carry different kind of emotions and we've all found ourselves in those situations and we can relate this morning to how Jesus' followers must have felt Amen. When they thought things were going to be one way, but now they leave the cemetery, they leave the tomb, they leave the grave, and they wonder what now. You can go back to that first slide if you want to. If we were honest this morning, we, 
We, we came here today and we all need our hope renewed. We all have challenges in life. We all have things that, that, that weighed us down. And perhaps we've experienced devastating loss. And some of us have had to come to terms with diagnosis that we don't understand. And we, we don't have the, the, the answers to the whys. And we just have to put them in God's hands and trust. And sometimes... Through all this pandemic, we've questioned why and what. And there's a lot of blame goes around. And there's been a lot of division the enemy has tried to bring. And if we're not careful, we start feeling so heavy. And we begin to question God. And we find that our hope is gone. It always amazes me. I always laugh as I drive around the country. I mean, Amy, we, we, we travel, we drive all over, and it's been amazing all the places we go and to see all the churches. And we always laugh when we see churches named Little Hope. And I always laugh and say, well, that's better than no hope. And I know it's the community and all that, but it's just always funny to me. I don't want to be known as Little Hope Lord's House. I want to be known as Big Hope. Lots of hope. Amen. Amazing hope. I want hope to be what is in the forefront of our hearts and our mind. Because hope appears when we least expect it. Here they are. Their whole lives are turned upside down. And their hopes and dreams are shattered. And Jesus is dead. But hope appears when we least expect it. Early in the morning on the third day after Jesus' death, a woman named Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. We find some places in Scripture that uh, tells us that she had come to anoint his body for burial. And when she arrived there, uh, just to add insult to injury, he's not there. The tomb has been disturbed and rolled away and she is taken back and She is saddened and she's devastated because now her hope was to come and anoint his body. They didn't get to do that on that Friday. It was Passover and the Jewish laws didn't allow them to do all they wanted to do. So her hope was to come and to anoint his body and, you know, just to see him one last time. But he was gone. And now she's devastated. Oh, but we find in the story... Uh, John chapter 20, verse number 11, and it's going to be on the screen. You can just read it with me. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angel asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. You know, as Mary looked in that tomb that day, uh, where Jesus had been laying, she saw what was missing. You know, we got to change our perspective. So many of us do the same thing. We don't see what is. Because we can't get past what's not. We can't see what we can have because we can't get past what we don't have. 
We can't get through to where we're going because we're focused on where we've been. And here Mary is missing something. She fails to see what's there because what's not there. She's focused on the fact that Jesus' body is nowhere to be seen. She misses the two angels sitting there. The two glorious heavenly beings. That doesn't bring no hope or joy. She's focused on what's not there. And she tells the angels, I'm broken hearted. Because Jesus is dead and now his body's disappeared. You know, that's this, this what happens when we lose hope. When you lose hope, your focus changes. When you, your dreams are shattered, your future becomes unclear. It, it's easy to fixate on what's not happened, what we don't have, what they didn't do, and what's missing. That's what our focus becomes. It's all negative. And Mary speaks to the angels, and then she turns to leave and comes face to face with hope himself face-to-face with the one she's looking for, and she doesn't recognize him. I'm telling you, hope sometimes can stare us in the face, and we miss it because we're so hopeless. Hope can be there in the most unexpected places, and it shows up. And sometimes, if we're careful, we just miss it. I'm telling you, what's going to happen today, parents... You're going to be standing out there. You're tall. You're big. You can see from a different point of view. And you're going to be able to look down in that grass and see that egg. And your child is going to run all around it. And you're going to say, that way, this way, there, there. And they're going to miss it. It's right there in front of them. But they just miss it. But the joy on their little faces when they see it. And they get it. It's exciting. Hope is like that. It's right there. Mary speaks to the angel. She turns around. She comes face to face. But listen what it says in verse 14. She did not realize it was Jesus. Resurrection hope standing right in front of her. She's unable to see it because of the fog of despair. After all, Mary hasn't come to the tomb expecting to see a risen Savior. She's come expecting a dead body. Sometimes you get what you're not expecting. Sometimes we don't even expect great things, yet they're right there in front of us. See, Easter's a reminder that God is in the business of awakening hope in us. Easter's a reminder that when things look hopeless, when it seems like Friday, Sunday's on the way. We know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. We know that up from the grave he arose. We know that he descended into hell and took the keys of death, hell, and grave away from the enemy. We know he conquered death. And we know because he lives, we can face tomorrow. But hope comes through a simple conversation. It can come through a friend, it can come through a text, it can come through something you read, it can come through a message. A hope can come in many different ways. I just encourage you, open your eyes and start looking for hope instead of hopelessness. Stop looking at what's missing and start looking at what's there. Hope can be found 
the simplest of places. The smile of a child. Hope can come in a moment. You see, the key is our expectation level. What are you expecting today? Are you expecting God to resurrect hope in you? Are you just planning on staying the same old humdrum, sad, discouraged, depressed self? And say nothing's ever going to change. Come on, let's change our attitude. The key, we've got to rise up. We've got to be like those kids searching for the Easter eggs. My my mother-in-law, it's been for, uh, since our kids were little, she would every year hide eggs. But she had this one big egg. And they found all the little ones, but they were looking for that big one. Because in that big one was toys, candy, money. You never knew what was going to be in the big egg. We've got to get excited like that in our life when we're searching. So many times we get, we get so bored with church and with, with the Word of God and, and with our relationship that we're not expecting anything anymore. I'm telling you, you could, you could just draw that little scripture. Amen. One little word could ignite hope in you. You just have to have an expectancy. Easter comes just at the right time. (laughs) I said Easter comes at the right time. When all hope is gone. A resurrected Jesus. His compassion for those that caused Him to sacrifice His life is the same compassion that brought Him back from the dead. I mean, He said, I've got to die for Him, but I've got to resurrect for Him. It's not just in His death that we live. It's in His resurrection of all the gods being worshipped. There's a difference. You can tell He's the only one that ever gave His Son. He's the God that cannot fail. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He came, He lived a perfect sinless life. He died on the cross for our sins. But that's not the end of the story. The difference in all the other religions, you can go to the tombs of every other one, and there you'll find their dead body, their bones. But I've been to Israel. I've stood at that tomb. As many of y'all have been with us. That tomb was empty. It's still empty because Jesus is alive and well, and He is here today. Let's finish John chapter 15, or John chapter 20, verse 15. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked. Who are you looking for? She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him. And cried out, Rabboni, which in the Hebrew means teacher. Jesus, here her, her, her hope and expectation was a dead friend. Expectation and hope was laid to rest. And there she is still blinded by her grief. But Jesus spoke one word. He called her by name. And when she heard his voice, when he called her by name, because she had heard her name called before by Jesus, 
He spoke through her grief, through her sadness, through her tears. And her hope was resurrected. She saw him for all who he was. But Jesus said, don't touch me. For I haven't ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father, to my God, and to your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. She went with a message of hope. And you know what? She found them hopeless. And they couldn't quite believe it. And they jumped up. And they ran. And they looked in. And they didn't see Him. And then they went and met him and they believed. But as Pastor Leah said earlier, Thomas wasn't there at that time. And he said, just like a lot of us, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Jesus, they were in a closed room and he just appeared. And he said, Thomas, see my hands? See my side? See my wounds. Thomas. And oh Thomas. Oh Lord my God. I believe you. He had a. a, 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 I mean his hope was resurrected. Because he saw it. But Jesus made said these words. Thomas. Blessed are you. Because you see and believe. But more blessed. Are those who have not seen. Yet they believe. You see, I've never seen the nail prints in his hand as of yet. I haven't seen the stripes on his back or the side where he was pierced. I haven't seen the crown of thorn marks in his head. But I believe. And because I believe, the Bible says, If I believe, amen, I am born again. And I can become a child of the Most High God. And where I was hopeless... Where without that faith I was hopeless and eternally on my way to hell. Because of my faith in a risen Savior, I believe, I confess my faith, I confess my faults, I confess my sins. He's faithful and just to forgive me. And He comes into my life and He becomes my hope. My eternal hope. My everlasting hope. The Bible tells us in the beginning, in the garden, what happened. You see, Mary here, the Bible says she uh, uh, assumed he was the gardener. And many of us would say, oh no, he wasn't a gardener. But I I have to say I think he was a gardener. He created that first garden and he put man there and he said, tend to this garden. But because of man's sin... You can read it in Genesis chapter 3, 8 and 10. Let's just read that real quick. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called out to man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. God goes on to say, who told you you was naked? And they had to reveal that they had disobeyed, that they had eaten the fruit he told them not to eat, that they sinned. And he said, the day you eat it, you'll surely die. And that moment sin came in, 
They were put out of the garden. But now then, Jesus was buried in a garden. He was resurrected. And now He stands there. And He is a gardener of sorts. He is the one that's going to put things back in place. Adam messed up the first garden. And now He's back to restore it back to its first place of righteousness. Of holiness. Of putting things back the way they should be. Reconcile. When man had a relationship with God and they could walk and talk with Him. And man was separated from God because of sin. But Jesus hung on the cross and became the bridge between God and man. Thank God. Thank God. You know, it's, a, it's amazing uh, what at this Easter time... All over the world, what happens? Our trees have been dead. You know, in Texas, we're blessed. We can have all four seasons in the same week. But most places in the world, my friends are from Pennsylvania, and they actually have real seasons. It gets cold, it snows, it stays snowed and cold for months. And then the snow melts and spring comes. And you say, how do you know spring comes? Just like we know here. I have a little peach tree. I assumed it looked dead to me. I thought the winter surely got it. It froze. Other things were beginning to bud and bloom. But it just stayed a little, little bitty, few twigs, dead. Dry, brown, no life. Do I go ahead and cut it down? Do I dig it up? Do I go ahead and plant another one? But I just thought, I'm just going to wait. My plum tree's growing, blooming. Everything's got leaves. But one day, and one day, overnight, I go out the driveway and I look over at that little, what had been dead and dry and lifeless tree, and all of a sudden, Little blooms have sprouted off of all those little twigs. Life is there. See, we, take, we, we go by what we can see, but God knew there was life there all the time. When those disciples looked at that tomb, it looked dead, it looked desperate, it looked hopeless, but God knew what was inside. Today you look at yourself, you look at others, and you feel dead and lifeless and hopeless, and you feel like there's no hope, there's, you might as well give up and quit. But I'm telling you, God sees life on the inside of you. Can I get an amen? amen. Don't give up. We get so accustomed to life, it, so accustomed to sadness and, and, and sorrow that when life comes, it shocks us. When the, when the spring comes, when the things bloom out, we're like, wow, I can't believe it. Well, that's how life is. We go through dark seasons. We go through winter. We go through cold. We go through times of death. But guess what? Life comes again. Your life is not over. Don't be so hopeless to think this is the end. Maybe you're in a season of dryness, of death, of despondency and despair. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants to resurrect your hope. Amen. Martin Luther once said, Our Lord has written the promise of resurrection, not in the books alone, but in every leaf in springtime. 
Every time we see a new leaf, a new bud, a new flower. I, I, I called Amy to the kitchen window the other day and I said, look out, look. There's our first rose. One little red rose popped out. But now, a few days later, they're everywhere. And as it goes, they'll just, it'll be full and beautiful. But for a time and season, we don't see it. But God knows that it's there. God is always right on time. Isn't it amazing? We can feel a shift in that story. She's despondent. She's sad. She's devastated. Where have you put him? And Jesus says, Mary, everything changes. Listen, Jesus had a job to do. He came to redeem mankind. He came. I don't have time to go into it. Old Testament. I will go into it for a second. Old Testament. They took a lamb. They killed the lamb. They took the blood. They put it on the altar. They took the incense. They took it in and they waved it before the Lord. Once a year, the holy, the priest would go into the holies of holies, take the blood and put it on the horns of the altar. And God would forgive the sin of the people for another year. Okay? What Jesus, that was a type and shadow of what was coming. So when Jesus said, don't touch me, I haven't ascended to the Father, what he was saying, I've got to take my blood. I'm, John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was the Lamb of God that died for us. He took his blood back to heaven, to the holy place, to the altar that's there in heaven, and he put it on the horns of the altar. And now the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace and ask for help. We can confess our sins He's faithful and just to forgive us. He is now our high priest. How many thinks that was an important job? But he took time to stop and speak to a woman that's heart was broken. You see, you're that important. No matter what's going on. You say, but God's got, he's busy with the whole universe and all this and that. He can handle it all. And you. Today he sees you, your need and today he wants to speak your name because when he called her name everything changed her hope returned she knew who he was, her excitement returned and now she's ready we talk about the first missionary or the first, she was the first one she was the first one to go to tell disciples about a risen savior because somebody gave her hope back Today, the resurrection is victory over death. When Mary discovered that empty tomb, she knew that there was power over sin. She knew there was power over death. She knew that death couldn't overcome him, but he overcame death. Death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your power? The power for revelation comes from this truth of knowing who Jesus is. One last scripture. John eleven twenty five. 25. Read it with me. Jesus told her. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me. Will live. Even after they die. Jesus said to his followers. And he says to us today. I am the resurrection and the life. I am hope. You're not hopeless. Because you have me. And I am hope. I am life. I am what you need. Amen. Listen. 
I, I want to invite you today. Do not know where that's coming from. I want to invite you today to encounter a risen Savior. If you're in this building, if you're watching me at home, today you can experience a risen Savior. Today, God can give you your hope back. You don't have to live hopeless, sad, depressed, discouraged. Today, He wants to resurrect your hope. Just like He resurrected the hopes of the disciples. When they realized it's true. He's alive. It's still true today. He's alive. He's still changing lives. He's still healing the brokenhearted. He's still casting out devils. He's still healing the sick. And one day, he's coming back to get us. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. I wanna, don't you want to live with Jesus? I'm telling you, that's our hope. We have a blessed hope. The hope of eternity with Jesus. But you say, Pastor, I don't have that hope today. I feel hopeless in my sin. I've I've failed. I've sinned. I, I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're watching me at home and you don't go to church. You just stumbled across this. It's no accident. Jesus loves you. He wants to restore your hope. Give you eternal life. Forgive you of your sins. Today, God wants to resurrect the hope that you once had at even greater. You have a purpose. You have a plan. Life's not over. Your best days are ahead. Let Jesus call you by name today. Would you call on Jesus today and ask Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life? If you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you. Today He wants to resurrect your hope. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants you to live in heaven with Him forever. But you must believe. Would you pray with me? At home, pray with me. In this building, would you say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you. I feel hopeless. I'm lost. I'm a sinner. I can't make it all by myself. Today, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross for my sins. But He rose again. And because of the resurrection... I have hope in life eternal. Jesus, I confess all of my sins to you. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today, I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Let hope arise in me and change me from the inside. And let me share it with everyone I come in contact with. 
Jesus is alive. And he's alive in me.